Hi folks, it's Andy, the Analytical Preacher. Topic today, should churches have separate services based around traditional types of church music and more contemporary types of church music? And I can hear folks when they just read the title of this podcast going, oh no, not another cranky old man getting wound up because church ain't what it used to be when I'm No, no, that's not what this is at all. I don't want to go in that direction. In fact, I know that the Bible teaches us. King Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 7.10, Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. So I understand things change, culture changes. The church has to stay true to the eternal, absolute truths of the Bible while fitting in, progressing with the culture. We Should we have parking spaces at churches today, even though they didn't in the early Roman Empire? Well, of course, because we have cars and they didn't. So I mean, I, it's not a what happened to the good old days kind of a cranky old man podcast, I promise. I'm honestly asking the question and I've been thinking about it because I, I'm afraid churches may be following what I think is a failed pattern from the recent past. And maybe they're doing it without thinking about it, without realizing it. Some years back, in order to engage teenagers, especially as more and more options became available to them, so decades and decades ago, churches began to take their youth groups and make them more and more teen-focused. And it included everything. It was separate buildings, perhaps. It was ski trips in the winter and summer rafting trips around the group, and things became more and more centered around the teens themselves. And as those teens then moved into adulthood, came back from college, got married, whatever, and the true demands of the Christian faith, the demand that they sacrifice for others in love, the demands that they focus first on God and others second, as those demands began to hit home, this is what church is now telling me, now requiring of me. I think it was a bit of a shock to people who inadvertently, nobody meant to do this, but people who inadvertently had really been sort of trained that their faith was centered around them. Worse still, as statistics began to show, surveys began to show, and frankly, the real-life experience of those of us in churches began to show that fewer and fewer young adults were staying in church, the church actually doubled down on that method and tried to make teen youth groups and classes and services even more focused around the teens themselves. And what it appears to me that data says is the more we focused on the teens, the more we exacerbated this cycle of them having this shock from living in a teen-centered religion to all of a sudden being, quote-unquote, forced to live in a God and other-centered religion, and they continue to walk away. They continue to leave the church. Let me take a quick digression here. Again, kind of my cranky old man defense part two. I'm not saying that teens don't need something structured specifically for them. I'm absolutely not saying that at all. Teens do need classes structured around specific issues about learning things about the Bible that the adults may have already known for 20 years apiece. They need 
conversations. They need classes. They need discussions around things like how do you handle friendships, dating, social media, entertainment choices. And I can go on and on and on. There are things that teens don't understand. There are things that teens experience in their lives today that I never experienced in my life when I was a teen. And teenagers deserve, young adults deserve from churches that they be met where they are at. So I'm absolutely not saying that we don't do anything different for teens at all. Again, my concern is that we inadvertently taught them without meaning to and almost without them even explicitly realizing it, we've taught them that church is about them, that it revolves around them. And we've made, and I'm certainly not the first person to say this, I'm probably the 10,000th preacher to say this. We've turned them into religious consumers. And teens are so accustomed to this shop at the mall and that shop at the mall have to be highly attuned to the needs of me and my peers, to the demands of me and my peers. Because one clothing shop, one shoe shop after another, one entertainment choice after another, one streaming service after another, one band after another has fallen by the wayside as teens say, that's not what we're looking for any longer. And they move to a different consumer option. And so teens, just like every American, teens are trained from their youth that they are consumers and that consumers will have their demands met because they can pay here, they can switch their loyalty there, they can attract from this particular service or business, etc. And if we taught our teenagers in any way that they were church consumers, then it's easy to understand when we began to place the true demands of the faith on them that it was a shock and that many of them bailed out. A simple example would be some folks will go, well, that example is too extreme. But my point is, I don't know that the example is too extreme. And it's exactly the kind of question I'm trying to challenge us to think about. Say you've pledged or you've been invited to pledge the most exclusive club in your town. And they meet in this high-rise place and they have private chefs and all this other kind of stuff. They do chartered deep-sea fishing together and so forth. You go to a couple of initial meetings as a pledge, and you're absolutely pampered. You're amazed. There's a wait staff wearing tuxedos, and they cater to your every need. You're accustomed to being a consumer and only buying kind of movies or music or food that you like, where you get good service at a decent price, but you've never experienced anything like this. They take a vote, they love you, you become a member. The first meeting you go to as a member where they're going to ask you to pay your dues for the month or quarter or year, everything suddenly changes. And you're told, no, you can't sit at the table. You can't be waited on by the staff in the nice tuxedos. Your job now as a member is to serve. And so what we're going to need you to do is as the plates are taken off the table by the guys in the nice tuxedos and taken back into the kitchen, we're going to need you to clean all those plates up and put them back 
where they belong. And then once everyone leaves the party tonight, you'll get the vacuum, the broom, the duster, and you'll clean up after them. And again, you can say that's a silly example or you can say, well, that's too extreme an example. But just think, what would you say? I think you would clearly say, I've been duped. This was bait and switch. They pull me in. And then right when it's time for me to become a member and actually make a pledge and make this a part of my life going forward, all of a sudden it seemed like night and day. It seemed like things changed. Instead of me being pampered, I'm all of a sudden being asked to be a servant. Maybe I don't mind being a servant in certain places to certain people, but that's not the way it was sold to me. And the bad taste just tells me, just go somewhere else and try something else. So obviously I've said all of that to now say this, I'm afraid with our adult population today, we may be sending that same message by telling them we will build a specific service. So if you like this kind of music or you don't like that kind of music, we'll build a service around the style of music that you prefer because you're the consumer and you should get from the church what you want. Now, again, I understand in today's world, we have to be very creative in how we get the message to the unchurched population. And so we need to be in the places where they are at. We need to understand the challenges that they're facing in life because we know Christ is the answer for all of those challenges. And I'm not bad-mouthing or denying any of that. I'm simply asking a question. Where is the line to be crossed? Are we on a slippery slope when we tell church attendees, you are the consumer and you get to choose what style of music you like? Because what the church is supposed to be telling church attendees is repent. Change your mind about who you are, why you are, and what you're supposed to be doing with your life. Repent. Turn back toward God with faith in Jesus Christ. And then take up your cross daily and be ready to sacrificially love others. Be willing to suffer with Christ so that you can be glorified with Christ, etc. And so it's a little odd. You walk into a church and the implication is you're the consumer here. You get what you want. You only have to listen to, participate in sing along with music that you like until the preacher stands up and says, you guys seem a little too self-focused. You guys seem a little too self-involved. You guys seem a little too consumerized. How come you're not taking up your cross daily and following the Lord no matter what? You see my point. Are we not saying one thing but strongly implying it and then 20 minutes later, explicitly, directly saying something that is, runs counter to it. Are we redoing the youth group debacle all over again with the way that we divide ourselves in modern day churches over music? And maybe the right answer is, nope, not at all. Everybody's thought about this. Everybody's prayed over this. Andy, you're worried about nothing Maybe the answer is, you know, for some churches and for some bodies of believers, the answer would be yes, it is a bad idea. For others, the answers would be no, it's fine to do it this way. I'm not sure what those 
deciding variable factors would be. I'm not exactly sure where that line is and how you would know if you've crossed it. Here's what I do think. Each church should prayerfully, honestly answer that question, not just roll on with the way things are, not do it because that's the way you've always done it, not do it because that's the way all the other churches in the area do it, not do it because there are some really big churches with really popular preachers that do it that way. I think each church has to say at least the leadership team, if not more people broadly in the congregation, I think the church, each church should honestly, prayerfully say, are we sending the wrong message? Are we making consumers out of our Christian members in one part of the service before we turn around and preach to them about selflessness and sacrificial love in the second part of the service? One way that I've heard church and church leaders discuss this before is they mention the broad scope of the church. Preach the gospel. Tell people about Christ. Call them to repentance. So preach the gospel. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry and then baptize people, making them disciples and teach them to obey all that Jesus has commanded. And so as they prepare to make decisions, they simply ask themselves, as we debate the floor, whether we put down carpet, tile, hardwoods, luxury vinyl plank, will that in any way run counter to, could that in any way run counter to those purposes of the church, preach the gospel, equip the saints, baptize and teach people to obey all that Christ has commanded. And if it's neutral relative to the purposes of the church, then we just need to decide based on cost or aesthetics or whatever else. But if we say we want to design our youth group this way, or we want to build our church in this area, or we want to run two different services based on music style, or frankly, two different services based on anything, two different services based on music style or based on X or based on Y, let's ask that question again. Is there any way that this could directly teach or indirectly imply that we are now building church consumers rather than selfless sacrificing Christians. And if we think there's a chance that this decision that we would make would run counter to the purposes of the church, then we would reconsider that decision. I can't offer an answer to the question, should churches be splitting services based on style of music to meet people's preferences, yes or no? I can say it's an idea that bothers me a little bit. It's an idea that I do think Christian leaders and churches do need to pray about and do need to think about because I don't think the obvious answer is, well, absolutely yes, and quit worrying about it. I think it's much more detailed and nuanced than that. And I really think Christians and church and church leaders need to give this some honest, prayerful consideration because I don't want to repeat the debacle that was making youth groups too teen focused because we saw how that didn't work out. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, this is Andy.